Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I may not have a license to kill. But liberalism dies a little every time I pull the trigger on it. This is a conservative's perspective. Putin has the gall to say he's denazifying Ukraine. It's a lie. It's just cynical. He knows that. And it's also obscene. President Zelensky was democratically elected. He's Jewish. His father's family was wiped out in the Nazi Holocaust. And Putin has the audacity, like all our autocrats before him, to believe that might will make right. There's simply no justification or provocation for Russia's choice of war. It's an example of one of the oldest human impulses using brute force and disinformation to satisfy a craving for absolute power and control. It's nothing less than a direct challenge to the rule-based international order established since the end of World War II. These international sanctions are sapping Russian strength, its ability to replenish its military, and its ability, its ability to project power. And it is Putin, it is Vladimir Putin, who is to blame, period. Don't even think about moving on one single inch of NATO territory. We have sacred obligation. We have a sacred obligation under Article 5 to defend each and every inch of NATO territory with the full force of our collective power. In this battle, we need to be clear-eyed. This battle will not be won in days or months either. We need to steel ourselves for the long fight ahead. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase a people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down their will to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principles, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Hey, everybody. James Bostic here, Conservative's Perspective on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network, mojo50.com. If you aren't listening, you should be, because it is the very best in libertarian and conservative talk radio, Mojo. 
Fiveo.com. Couple minutes here at the start of the program. We heard. <sighs> Doesn't matter how many times I say it, I never get used to it. President of the United States Joe Biden in Poland, fundamentally calling for regime change <laughs> in Russia. Uh, oh my God! Uh, he was over there, and I can't figure out why. I mean. They'd already sent Kamala Harris over, and she did such a great job. I don't understand what he's going over and batting cleanup for. She she killed it. But he he is. He's in Poland. And this is this is what he says. I just don't know about all this. I'll be honest with you. I don't think that it is what it seems. I think that what's going on here, the primary motivation is that Joe Biden and the people that are in favor of engaging Russia on this issue directly are trying to protect an investment. Yes, an investment. The State Department, in conjunction with the Foreign Affairs Commission, Foreign Affairs Committee, excuse me, in the Senate, are the people that decide fundamentally what nations receive how much uh, government dole from the United States. And Ukraine is one of the laundering points for this. So what they do is they go in, they decide how much money Ukraine's going to get, and in doing so, they're figuring out how much of a kickback the people who approve the foreign aid to Ukraine are going to get from Ukraine forgetting the foreign aid. So they set up these companies. Hunter Biden and Burisma, that was to get influence because Hunter Biden's dad was vice president. The president of Ukraine before Zelensky was a guy named Poroshenko, Petro Poroshenko. I think it was Poroshenko. Um, and he was... He was in on the game. He he was the guy that got rid of the prosecutor that Joe Biden wanted gotten rid of because this guy was looking into some of the financial dealings of Burisma. The Department of Justice is still looking in. I think the Treasury Department as well still looking in to the monies that Hunter Biden earned during this time frame. The talk is Hunter is on he might be indicted. If they can't, you know, come up with a satisfactory explanation as to why he got all this money during the time of his dad's vice presidency, and he's on all these boards with absolutely no clue as to what he's doing besides the hookers and crack cocaine. So, what's going to happen here? I had a conversation, a great conversation last night with a friend of mine, Kevin White who is the owner of Brownie Fox Publications. He's also host of a radio show called the American Allegiance Radio Program. An Air Force veteran, worked on F-15s. He was, a, he was a ground maintenance man and really good at his job. He's a smart guy. And he seems to think, and I'm inclined to agree with him, this is a distraction of some kind. But what it is to keep us distracted from I'm not really sure. Something that's happening or something that could happen immediately here in the future. Nobody has said much about China these days with this stalled out war effort 
enacted by the Russians in Ukraine. And I think, too, that Joe Biden's enthusiasm for this whole thing, and you know, he, he's talking about protecting NATO. The, the, you know, not an inch of NATO territory is going to be invaded. And you better watch out, Vladimir Putin. We're not denazifying anything. And, but there are, there are Nazi elements in eastern Ukraine uh, buttoned up against the Russians. And that's, that, it's not denazification per se. He's calling it that because anybody that does denazification has got to be looking good. They've got to be looking better than the Nazis, right? So he's using that. But, but there are uh, Nazi militias, I guess, groups that the United States is uh, training and arming in eastern Ukraine to northern and eastern Ukraine, I guess, uh, to fight the Russians. So it's... It's, there is enough evidence for him to claim that he's denazifying the area and for the folks back home to believe it because they still remember what the Nazis did to their grandparents. Boy, do they remember. So, you've got all this money tied up in, in this laundry delivery service from the State Department and the Foreign Relations Committee and your wallet and mine to Ukraine and then back again to certain hands, the right hands, who sent the money over to Ukraine in the first place, they get a piece of the action on this. So it's to safeguard corruption. And corruption in government, well, you know, it's like cancer. It spreads. It starts out with a little bit, and then it eats everything up. And that brings us to Neil Oliver and his comments concerning the fact that once you see weaponized political corruption, you, you can't unsee it. If you didn't laugh, you'd cry. So sometimes the only thing to do is laugh. These are difficult times, made more difficult by the manufactured fear and lies were force-fed around the clock. There are issues that must be addressed with the utmost seriousness. But as I say, sometimes you just have to laugh. The way our leaders and their attendants are going about things, not just recently but for months and years now, reminds me of the behaviour of very young children, toddlers really. Sometimes a toddler will screw his eyes shut in the belief that since he can't see you, it must follow that you can't see him. If our leaders weren't applying this strategy in times where decisions make the difference between life and death, their antics would only be hilarious. Peekaboo, presidents and prime ministers, they spent two years on lockdowns, spraying money around like white foam in a 90s nightclub, all the while lavishing multi-million pound contracts on friends and acquaintances, thinking we wouldn't notice all the new millionaires, generating unimaginable, unthinkable mountains of radioactive debt that will be glowing red hot for generations to come. We saw you. They ignored the alarm calls from all manner of reasonable people, from economists of the highest professional standing to just members of the public armed with no more than the experience of running their own households and bank accounts and piled the debt mountains higher and higher. Some of us told them it was a disaster waiting to happen and they told us we were cranks and conspiracy theorists who didn't understand how money and economies work. And what are they doing now? In the short term, they're attempting to launder the consequences of their lockdown idiocy through the tragedy in Ukraine, a shameful sleight of hand 
the spiking cost of energy, inflation, the threat of shortages of food and all manner of necessities, apparently had nothing to do with financial incontinence in the past two years, nothing at all to do with shutting down economies around the developed world. All of it we're supposed to accept now is down to Putin's hellish invasion of Ukraine. Like that toddler screwing his eyes shut to make the approaching adult disappear, our leaders seem genuinely to think we can't see them, can't see what they're doing, all that they've done these years past. Either that, of course, or they just don't care that we can see them, because our seeing and knowing no longer matters, not when they think they've got us where they want us. If you didn't laugh, you might cry. Chancellor Rishi Sunak's wife is a shareholder in her billionaire father's IT and consultancy business, Infosys, with a personal stake worth hundreds of millions of pounds. Infosys continues to do business in Moscow. In the past two years alone, the Chancellor's wife has apparently been enriched by nearly £12 million of dividends from Infosys. Mr Sunak has urged businesses to sever their ties to Russia, the better to strangle Mr Putin's ability to wage war. This advice apparently does not extend to people in Mr Sunak's own home. Exactly how stupid and or blind does Mr Sunak think we are? Mr Sunak is also among those of our leaders and senior politicians on both sides of the House of Commons who are genuinely, either genuinely don't know what a woman is, which is to say an adult human female, or else can't bring themselves to say as much when asked to define a woman. Here's a starter for ten. If you're a living human being, you were grown inside a woman. This inability or self-preserving refusal to stand up with and for women, a little over half the population of the country, would be laughable, hilarious, if it didn't have tragic consequences leading as it does to the erasure of women as the living, breathing realities that they are. For me, it's increasingly hard to avoid drawing the conclusion that our leaders and their little wizards are laughing at us. I say it's high time we pointed out that they are the joke. Remember when they said the COVID vaccines were 100% effective at stopping a person catching COVID, spreading COVID? Remember when they said those vaccines were absolutely safe for everyone from toddlers to centenarians? Remember when they said we had to wear masks when standing and walking inside a restaurant, but not when seated? Remember when they said we had to keep our distance from each other, even from loved ones? Now we can take refugees of war into our homes. This is a fine and noble act, of course it is. But why could we not invite our loved ones into our homes then, if it's safe to welcome strangers from thousands of miles away now? A person might be tempted to think it was a fiction all along, a nonsense circulated to make us behave. That question is anyway redundant because Covid no longer matters apparently, not as far as I can see. Covid is yesterday's cause of fear and therefore no longer required, not now that there's a war on. It seems safe to predict that once the war is over, the next thing to fear and for which sacrifices will have to be made upon the public altar will be along as promptly as an efficiently run bus. My money's on lockdown for the climate. The outriders for that stunt are already there, of course, with yet more calls to work from home rather than driving into work and leaving the car parked all day Sunday for the good of the planet. War in Ukraine is not the only cause of the mess we're in, but it will bite us all soon enough. I can tell you something to fear soon, and that may already be unavoidable, and that's shortage of food. If not for us, then for millions of others. Russia and Ukraine grow 30% of the world's wheat and 20% of the world's corn. Developing countries already face shortages on account of sanctions. The developed world might have tried to compensate for the shortfall, grown more food elsewhere, except for the double whammy provided by the West's dependence on Russia 
as a key source of fertiliser. Western sanctions on Russia's exports of potash, ammonia and urea, along with other nutrients needed for fertile soil, threatens the growth of wheat, corn, rice and soy around the world. The price of fertiliser is spiking. Fewer fields may be planted, meaning smaller harvests. And that's on top of the dizzying hikes in the price of diesel. By the other end of the year, farmers may not even be able to afford the fuel necessary to bring in their crops. As the cost of commodities continues to rise in the months ahead, as hunger bites, there can only be more unrest and suffering to come. Of course, those comedians running our country insist we don't need carbon fuels anymore anyway. All that filthy, dirty gas and oil. And yet European countries have bought $19 billion worth of Russian oil and gas since the start of Putin's invasion on the 24th of February. We see you. Out of one side of their faces, they talk about the need for sanctions to throttle Mr Putin and his henchmen, the need for us all to make sacrifices. Out of the other side of their faces, they say, thank you kindly, Mr Putin, for keeping the lights on. The upshot of it all is that Mr Putin's war is paying for itself. He's even demanding the bills be paid in Russian rubles instead of American dollars. Other currencies are on the rise for dealing in crude oil so that the sun may be setting on the petrodollar after all this time. There's tragic comedy all over the place. Once you see it, as they say, you can't not see it. Klaus Schwab and his World Economic Forum talk about happy plebs owning nothing while the richest of the rich hoover up everything of value in the world. I think I know who's planning to be happiest. They plan to take away our money as well and replace it with food stamps, what they call central bank digital currency. Once that's in place, it's up to the banks what you spend, when you spend, what you spend on and where. If the bank has reason to think you shouldn't buy that bottle of wine or book that train ticket, then you won't be able to. Then there's the little things, like French President Emmanuel Macron. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky appeared on TV in a workmanlike green t-shirt and khakis and quick as a flash, Mr Macron had shed his bespoke suits and sent someone to buy some jeans and a hoodie from the boys' section of his local haberdashery. Then he had a photographer follow him around at work all day looking butch and mean. Such antics, such pantomime designed to attract attention to self while real women and children are dying is nothing less than pitiful. Misinformation and manipulation of the truth has been going on for years now. In 2016, the Clinton campaign said Donald Trump had colluded with Russia in order to secure his election. The FBI duly investigated and found nothing. And yet the story of Mr Trump buddying up to the Russians persisted throughout his presidency, courtesy of the Democrat fawning mainstream media in the States. This week, Mr Trump announced he was taking legal action against the Clintons and their allies. Before the 2020 election, the New York Post broke the story about Hunter Biden's laptop the one left in a Delaware repair shop allegedly containing emails linking Biden Jr. to bungs of money from a Shanghai-based company linked to China. It's claimed there was mention of 10% of the profits for the big guy. Hunter was already in receipt of $50,000 a month from a Ukrainian energy company for doing, well, no one's quite sure what Hunter was doing. And what did the compliant US media do? They rubbished the report. Big Tech shut down the New York Post's Twitter account and banned anyone from sharing the story. More than 50 US security experts stood up to say it was all Russian disinformation. And guess what? The story about Hunter's laptop and those emails? Last week, the New York Times admitted the emails had been verified. The technocrats of Silicon Valley just didn't think American voters should know such things in the run-up to an election that their man, Joe Biden, simply had to win. They call such tactics the noble lie. They're lying. 
but it's for our own good. But as I say, once you see it, you can't not see it. The truth came out about how Trump had not colluded with the Russians. The truth came out about Hunter Biden's laptop. The truth came out about the Wuhan lab leak. The truth is coming out about vaccine safety and efficacy. What are they telling us this week that will be overtaken by the truth sooner or later? The truth seems to be moving faster and faster. As I say, if you didn't laugh at their audacity, at their seeming conviction that we can't see them, you'd have to cry. So laugh, I say, but pay attention to the truth. There's more truth every day, and the truth, as they say, will set us free. Neil Oliver, you know, the, the, the brogue is tough. I know that Scottish accent is really, it, it's hard sometimes to get through, but he makes such sense, and he, he resonates so well with so many, I think, conservative thinkers. I like playing what he has to say. Um, he he mentioned, and and we'll talk about that coming up in the uh, in the second half. <clears throat> Hunter Hunter Biden's laptop, you know. Everybody, everybody, from the people in the news to people who would have us believe that their reputations in the intelligence community were above reproach, told us all this was just, this was Russian disinformation, this was stuff uh, designed to try and make Trump look better and to discredit Biden because the Russians were afraid of Biden because he's such a tough statesman when it comes to foreign policy. And that, you know, and... Of course, that was all a lie. They knew it was a lie when they said it. And they had all these people from the intelligence community and throughout media back them up, saying just exactly that. And they all stuck to that story. And now, and I don't think they had any choice now, because the with, with Peter Schweitzer's book, which I'm, I'm almost finished with, and the, uh, oh gosh, who wrote it? I can't even... Uh, Laptop from hell. That's where I'm at today. Laptop from hell. And I can't think of her name. Holy cats. I'm so embarrassed. I'll have to look it up. Uh, Oh, that's terrible. That's just terrible. Miranda Devine. Laptop from hell by Miranda Devine. How could I forget a name like that? That's awesome. She was given the material from Rudolph Giuliani. She went through it and basically as if it needed it and it it didn't, it fundamentally re-corroborates, if I can use that term, the things that were already corroborated in Peach Weicher's book, there's no conjecture, there's no speculation about it. Uh, it you know, and everything in Schweitzer's books, is it's all open sourced. So there's no question as to whether or not it happened. There's no question as to whether or not it was said or not said or implied or whatever. It's all right there out in the oven. And Laptop from Hell looks, you know, specifically at the Bidens where in secret empires uh schweitzer's looking and and it red-handed as well you know schweitzer's looking at all those people who are 
caught up in China's web of, of corruption and, and extortion. And there's no doubt about it. And now that all this stuff is coming to pass, and I think, I'm hoping that these revelations are so big that it will shock an already benumbed America. Because, you know, we're numb to a lot of this stuff. You know, the, the terrible things that have happened, you know, we look at them and then time passes and and we kind of, you know, forget about it in a way. Uh, but but I think all this stuff hitting at once is going to jar Americans. Where are we at? Oh, my gosh. Okay, we're down to it. Um, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wake a lot of people up. Just like Neil Oliver said, there's more and more truth coming out every day. You can see more and more of it every day. And the truth will set you free. Just just like he said. And we're down to the bottom of the uh, bottom of the hour. So we need to go ahead and let me figure out somehow to wrap this up. On the other side, we have a terrific interview, Donald Trump with Glenn Beck and the unbelievable uh, suit that he has filed against just about everybody who was involved in the whole Russian collusion uh, lie, the hoax there. And he's talking with Glenn Beck about that. A long clip It's going to take up basically about half of the second half of the show. But again, worth every minute of it. It's a terrific interview. He doesn't lay forth everything that's going on, but we'll get a good look at what he has lined up against these evildoers. All on the other side of a conservative perspective, when we come back right after these commercial messages, you're listening to ACP on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. See you in a minute. Supply line interruptions are definitely here to stay, especially given the incredible talent we have working at the U.S. Transportation Department. However, you don't need to fear these interruptions. You can be prepared. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. Supply chain disruptions, shortages, panic buying. Unfortunately, they've all become facts of life in 2021. The good news is you have preparewithmojo50.com. Not only will you find emergency food supplies, also water filtration, air filtration, all sorts of other tools, preparewithmojo50.com. If you want to keep food on the table, if you just want to maintain some sense of normalcy, preparewithmojo50.com is the answer. Abnormal realities. Bro, why are you feeling that energy right now? It's a pretty good energy I'm feeling right now, I'm just saying. Dude, Tinkerbell had a crush on on what? Dude, she was always wearing like <laughs> tiny skirts. She was wearing tiny skirts. Do you think that was subliminal? Of course it was. It's Disney. Come on. Everybody knows Disney's subliminal. What? Yeah, dude. The front of the Little Mermaid VHS case. Come on. There's a big old wiener on it. What? Not even joking. Show us right what? now. Where? What? What? On where? On the little, the old Little Mermaid case. Okay. You you search wiener on Little Mermaid case. Wiener on. <laughs> I ain't even playing. You, you let me know if you don't see a big old thing right on the front of that case. Why are you yelling at me? I'm Just stressed. Pull one up. Look at the tower. <laughs> Abnormal realities. I hate that I knew that. Damn it. With Ron and Rocky. 8 p.m. Eastern. Mojo 5 You want to wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud? Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com. 
And don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. Hey everybody, welcome back. Conservatives Perspective here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network, Mojo50.com. If you aren't listening, you should be because it is the very best in libertarian and conservative talk radio, Mojo50.com. President Trump this week named just about everyone connected to Spygate and the manufactured Trump-Russia fraud in a civil lawsuit filed in the jurisdiction of Miami, Florida. Yep. Oh, yeah. Get your popcorn and a safety belt. Acting in concert, the defendants maliciously conspired to weave a false narrative that their Republican opponent, Donald J. Trump, was colluding with a hostile foreign sovereignty. The ramifications could be significant as the Durham criminal probe continues to generate evidence that supports the Trump lawsuit. Under the guise of opposition research, data analytics, and other political stratagems, the defendants nefariously sought to sway the public's trust. They worked together with a single self-serving purpose to vilify Donald J. Trump, says one segment of the lawsuit. All of the claims within the filing are substantiated by documents outlining the history of events. I'm not sure any defendant is going to be successful getting themselves out of the target zone on this lawsuit. The suit alleges racketeering and a conspiracy to commit injurious falsehoods, among other claims. The defendants, the defendants include Hillary Rodham Clinton, HFACC Incorporated. I have no idea what that is. The Democrat National Committee, DNC Services Corporations, Perkins Coey Law Firm, Michael Sussman, Mark Elias, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Charles Halliday Dolan Jr., Jake Sullivan, John Podesta, Robert E. Mook. They got the Mook in here. Philippe Rains, Fusion GPS, Glenn Simpson, Peter Fritch, Nellie Orr, Bruce Orr, Orbis Business Intelligence Limited, Christopher Steele, Igor Danchenko, New Star Incorporated, Rodney Jaffe, James Comey, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Kevin Kleinsmith, and Andrew McCabe. The suit was assigned on Thursday to U.S. District Court Judge Donald Middlebrooks, who is based in West Palm Beach, Florida, a Bill Clinton appointee. The orange man is a wily one. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Ever the showman. And again, it's, it's going to be tough because everything... Had, you know, has been substantiated. It's, it's all been confirmed. And this is what I was talking about the other night, and I've said it a bunch of different times. All these things happen. And we know within a few weeks, these political scandals like this, like the collusion hoax, like the PP dossier, like all that stuff, we find out that all the evidence, circumstantial, forensic, whatever, otherwise, points to what we think it is. That it's a hoax. And they always say, no, 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 it's not a hoax. This is all real. Uh, what we're looking at is Russian disinformation here. This is, uh, this is 
this is nothing phony about this. And they're lying. They're lying. And the lie, you know, buys them some time, a year, two, three, maybe. But ultimately, the truth always comes out about this kind of stuff. And a couple days after this, President Trump was on with Glenn Beck. I have that interview here. Again, 16, 18 minutes. I know it's going to take up the bulk of the show, but it's worth it. Again, it's better for you to hear these words from their mouths than me half-assed paraphrasing and maybe leaving out something important. So here it is in its entirety, uh, Glenn Beck's interview with President Donald Trump concerning this lawsuit that he's just filed down in the, in the, in the district of Miyama. Hello, Mr. Trump, uh, President uh, Trump. How are you? Hello, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for, uh, com- for coming on and talking about this. Um, you are some of the claims in this suit, the a RICO conspiracy, uh, injurious falsehood, conspiracy to commit injurious falsehood, malicious prosecution, computer fraud and abuse act, theft of trade secrets. The list goes on and on and on. This is really not. Is this about the um, 2016 election or is this really about what they did to you this whole time? Well, I think it's about everything. It covers a lot of territory. It was totally corrupt what they did. Uh, If this were done, and you know this perhaps better than anybody else in the universe, if this were done the opposite way, uh, as you know, they spied on my campaign. When I made that statement, everyone thought, oh, my God, what a horrible thing to say. I said Obama spied on my campaign and the Democrats and and all hell broke loose, if you remember. In fact, I put it out and uh, I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen a reaction, which usually means they're guilty. In other yeah. words, you know, normally if they didn't do it, it wouldn't have that kind of, but they spied on my campaign. If this ever happened the opposite way, if uh, I spied on Obama's campaign or on Hillary Clinton's campaign, oh, it, would have been- uh, it would have been treason. It would have been uh, everything right up until the death penalty. And that may have been included too, but it would have been over. It would have been the biggest thing ever, but it didn't work that way. So we caught them and we caught them cold and we've been just building it up and building it up and watching. And frankly, we wish uh, Bill Barr had the courage to do it or do it also. Uh, but uh, we've decided to do it. Bill Barr was so afraid of being impeached. He didn't want to do anything. He got at the end. I mean, he was petrified of being impeached, so he didn't want to do a damn thing. But, uh, you know, how do you not get impeached? Let's not do anything. And all so, of a sudden, that talk started dying down. But uh, we, uh, we've we been building this up for a long time. Uh, the Durham uh, report, you know, the early, hopefully it's just the early moments of the Durham report came out. And that uh, added to it. And a lot of things are happening, a lot of things, but they all knew it. I mean, look, Obama knew about it, too. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just crooked Hillary. But uh, so we expect that names will be added to it as it goes along. But this is very important. But can you imagine if it were the opposite way and I spied on, let's say, Obama's campaign? And not only that, uh, you know, much of the stuff, when you think about it, took place beyond the campaign. It was when we were in the Oval Office. I know. They spied while we were in the Oval Office. So it wasn't just campaign, which in itself is really bad. But but, uh, it took place when we were in the Oval Office. So the the, the 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 problem here is nobody ever pays for 
anything. There are no consequences anymore in government yeah. if you're on the right side. Um, and yeah. people are sick to death of it. But this yeah. this is going now to, um, uh, I think his name is Donald Middlebrooks. Um, and he was appointed by Bill Clinton. Which uh, is a conflict of interest, in my opinion. That's right. We have a judge who was appointed by Bill Clinton, and who knows Hillary Clinton very well, and we're suing Hillary Clinton and Clinton, and we're suing the Democrats, and we have a judge. This is the way it works for Republicans, you know. Go right. And this is this is the. Is. So I think it's a total conflict of interest, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, this is the guy who threw out uh, the lawsuit filed uh, against Hillary over her her using private email accounts and servers while she served as Secretary of State. So and nobody could believe that he threw that out. Right. Nobody could believe it. So what are the what are the odds? Or what what is the plan? How how do you think you're going to? I can't believe I'm asking this question because justice should be justice. But how are right. you going to maneuver around? A judge like this? Well, I think, uh, and I talked to the lawyers, they called up and they said, uh, we have good news and bad news. Everyone thinks this case is incredible. And I don't think I've ever received more positive remarks from people. They're so tired of nobody doing anything. I know. And we have them and we've caught them. And then Barr didn't act because Barr was lazy and, and scared. And he was just he was scared. Contempt. They were holding it. They wanted to hold him in contempt. You remember those days? Yeah, yeah. He didn't want any part of contempt, which means going to jail. And he didn't want any part of impeachment. They were going to impeach him numerous times. So and uh, so he didn't do he didn't do his job. But if, and if frankly, and it was it's very sad that he didn't because this case is incredible. Now we have a judge who was appointed by uh, the Clintons and who threw out stuff like uh, like it was like it was waste paper. And uh, it's very unfair. So, Mr. President, you have government officials like Orr, Comey, McCabe, right? Um, seemingly actively engaging in this. We're waiting for the the Durham report. Um, but you have Bruce Orr funneling the Steele dossier to the DOJ right. and the FBI. Okay. They knew that it was false. Um, they need a harsher punishment than just a, a lawsuit. But do you have any confidence that the Justice Department now is anything other than a political organ? Well, it would be wonderful. We'll have to see. And, uh, you know, we had this was accumulating for a long time. Uh, it's, you know, one of those things we're going to have to see. We're hitting them very hard. More and more information is coming out. Even since we filed it, all of a sudden people are calling People are so happy that a case is finally being filed against these people where they, you know, the two lovers, they go out and they then they sue the government because they haven't been treated well. And yet they were using servers and everything. The whole thing is crazy. So I said, it's, it's, I've got to do it. You know, I'd rather not have to do this. I'd rather have government handle it. This should be handled by government, but it can handle, be handled by us very strongly. And, and this is a very strong case. People that read this case said, wow. This is a strong case, and this case will build. Now, the problem we have, though, is if you have a judge that's going to throw out the case and you have to go through appeals, I think you have a great appeal section, but we'll see. But it's uh, it's very unfair. So we'll probably ask for a recusal, uh, maybe a change of venue, but not a change as, as much as a recusal. I think it is uh, amazing. One of the defendants in the case is a former State Department official and spokesperson for Clinton, Philip um, uh, Raines, and he said, he tweeted yesterday, 
<laughs> I think this is hysterical. He looks forward to deposing President Trump. I don't see, uh, I'm not too concerned. Um, they're laughing at this. And I have to tell you, just as a spectator here, um, you are probably the most investigated man on planet Earth. Yep. Every yep. single intelligence agency, at least in five eyes, and I'll bet you it's all around the world, every newspaper, every reporter, every journalist have dug through everything, and you're pretty clean. So what do they think they're going to get from you in a deposition? Yeah, uh, beyond pretty clean. I have a friend, a very successful guy, said, you're the cleanest man oh, yeah. in history. I mean, I, how about this, where Paul Weiss, a big law firm, that's a total Democrat Hillary Clinton firm, sends one of their partners, Robert Schumer, heads it, or one of the big partners, Robert Schumer, that's Chuck Schumer's brother, sends one of their big partners into the Manhattan DA's office, take two of our people and three of our people, you tough, you know, smart young guys, and go into the Manhattan DA's office never happened before because they have hundreds of lawyers do a good job. They took their partner, top guy, an anti-Trump, a Trump hater, like, like you wouldn't believe. All of them made massive contributions. One of the biggest donors, that firm, to Hillary Clinton, put him in the DA's office to prosecute Trump. Let's get Trump. Now we can get him. And Vance, Cy Vance, whose father sold the... Panama Canal, as you know, for one dollar, uh, one in the worst, perhaps the single worst business transaction ever made <laughs> for our country. And Cy Vance, instead of using one of his hundreds and hundreds of lawyers, of course, he used 20 percent of I heard close to 20 percent of the DA's office, hundreds of lawyers, 20 percent was used on this instead of the murders, the drug dealers, the crime, the street crime in New York, which is at a record level. They were all focused on getting Trump. But how would you like it? And in all fairness, the new gentleman who came in, Alvin Bragg, who is a, uh, you know, considered liberal, he looked at this thing and, I mean, I'm reading the papers, but what he said is such an honorable thing. He, he couldn't believe it. I heard he was very disturbed by the fact that they sent a team of Hillary Clinton Trump haters in to prosecute Trump. Yeah. Uh, from a firm that's that's 100 percent, you know, that's totally against and it's one of the main Democrat firms. I think the main Democrat firm. And I think they have tremendous legal liability. But uh, he sent this sleazebag in to get Trump. Think of this. Uh, they sent this guy in to get Donald Trump. So he acted as a prosecutor. He's right. a never Trumper who contributed. to. So it I, continues. But Alvin Bragg saw that. And he also saw, by the way, the banks weren't. Trump's statement is very powerful. I have a great statement. My statement is so strong. And all of the other things. And think of that. They sent a Trump hater into the, to act as the DA to bring down Donald Trump, and they still couldn't find anything. I, I, I will. I, I, I'll I got to live with this. Hey, hey Glenn, and I got to live this life. Okay? I know. A lot I know. of fun. I did a great job as president. Right now, you wouldn't be in Ukraine 100 percent. Russia would not be there 100 percent. I spoke to Putin about it. I know that Putin's attitude toward Ukraine better than anybody but his closest girlfriend. OK, I know his attitude better. I know all about him in Ukraine. I said, don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. And I told him why. And I'm not going to tell you right now, but I'll tell yeah. you at the right time. 
but uh, he would have never, ever made the move. I, so we have a rigged election, and because of a rigged election, we have potentially millions of people dying, because this thing could spiral into a nuclear war. I think it's the most dangerous time in the history of this world because of nuclear, because we've never had power like this. And I think that right now we're, and we have a president that's, just, that's grossly incompetent, that's being laughed at over there, that has no relationship. He just sits there. Everyone's talking, screaming, and, you know, the other leaders, they're all at the top of their game, and he's just watching them talk. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing is horrible. This should have never happened. Ukraine should have never happened. I, I find myself in the weirdest position at night um, praying hard for the health of this president because I think Kamala Harris would be even worse than this president. <laughs> yeah. um, Kim, when she laughed at the immigrants. And oh, they, my gosh. They call them immigration. It's immigration. Yeah. And you see people coming in on stretchers with their arms cut off, with their face smashed and horrible horror. And she's laughing about yeah. it. I said, that's just... It's not the right person. Um, Ki- Kim Jong-un also tested uh, a new ballistic missile. Yeah. He's having fun. What? What Are Are we looking at a, a split world? They're now talking about, you know, the dollar going away and uh, yeah. getting a new We're digital currency. I mean, this is insanity. And I don't think people understand what this administration has done with these sanctions uh, that will crush the dollar. I don't think people understand how that's going to affect their lives. That's true. true. Well, I know sanctions better than anybody because they sanctioned the hell out of Iran and they were ready to make a deal until the election. We would have had a deal within one week after the election. They were, they were ready to make a deal and I had the sanctions, but people don't understand that when you do sanctions, it hurts us as much and sometimes more than it does the country you're sanctioning. Uh, and what it does is forces these big countries like Russia or others. And, and that doesn't mean you don't do them, but you have to be very careful because it forces them to use other instruments, not the dollar. They go different ways. They sell their oil for gold or they sell their oil. And all of a sudden you're saying, wow, half the, half the world is now off the dollar. It used to be, you know, the currency when I left, it was, it was very powerful. As an example, we use very strong sanctions on Iran, the strongest ever used up until that point. But that deal would have been solved and we would have been right back on the dollar and they would have been fine and they would have been, everybody would have been happy. That was all set to happen. Do, do you and think, then, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, do you think, uh, Mr. President, that um, uh, if this continues to spiral out of control uh, with Joe Biden threatening China, which is just a joke, um, but do you think I don't, I don't see anything standing in their way if we're busy over in Europe uh, with this president of China just taking Taiwan? Well, except the only thing is that Putin's done very poorly and she is looking at that and he's saying, I'll bet Putin wished he didn't do that one because <laughs> mm. that one is not working out too well. Let's see what happens. The problem is the danger is does Putin say, all right, now we're going to escalate into the next level of military. And you know right. what that is. And do you and think he happens, would? Uh, the world is a little... Well, he doesn't want to lose, I can tell you that. It'll be very interesting to see because he doesn't want to... Look, I knew him very well. This would have never happened. Would have never happened. Now people say, what would you do now? And there are things you can do now, but we had all the cards before he did it. All the cards. And I thought he was negotiating when he moved the troops. I didn't... You know, I, I really thought it was a great negotiating posture. He stayed with troops and he wanted to get certain things. And... 
he they should have been able to do something, but but he wouldn't have done it whether he got it or not. He would so, never have done it with me there. But he ever. But he's a guy that you cannot have him lose face. How do you give him a win here? I mean, how do you how would you solve this if you had to walk in right now? He's he's not going to he's not going to walk away a loser. How do you give him a win? How do you end this? Well, see, I don't think a win anymore is the NATO thing. You know that they're not uh, going to go into NATO because that's not you could have had that before. They should have had that before, but yeah. it was never put. In all fairness, it was never put on the table. Right. You know, there was nobody saying let's do this, and certainly it should have been because I guess they didn't believe. You know, they didn't think he was really serious about doing it. Very few people did. Maybe nobody except him did. And, uh, you know, I think he made a tremendous mistake. And on a humanitarian basis, it's just a, as bad as anyone's ever seen. I mean, that, it'll take 100 years to rebuild that country. And they're knocking down buildings and things that are magnificent, old. You know, we have in this country 200-year-old buildings that we think they're great. Yeah. They have buildings that are thousands of years old. You know, it's like they have things that are very old. And very beautiful, and they're gone. They're wiped out. A lot of things are wiped out. A lot of, a lot of. Most importantly, the people. But artwork and so much is, is just that country is devastated. It's going to take a hundred years to rebuild that country. Mister, uh, Mister President, um, thank you so much. Are you are you looking forward? Uh, forward? Do you you see more things coming from the Durham report that will help your case? Well, I think so. I mean, it looks like he set a foundation. And if you look at what he's got, these are Hillary Clinton people, and he's got a very strong foundation. And you look at that, and now you look at the times where they did. I thought that was another terrible story, really terrible. They knew all about Hunter Biden. They said they misread it. They knew all about Hunter Biden and criminality. It made a 17-point difference. But we won it anyway. We got 75 million votes. We got more votes than any sitting president has ever gotten. I was told if I got what I got the last time, we got 12 million more votes. I, I, I was told if we got what we got the last time we went. So, you know, I, I think that uh, a lot of things are going to be happening over the coming year. You are very lucky to be doing what you're doing because your show is going to get very interesting. <laughs> so is the world, unfortunately. Uh, world, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, because much of it is sadly, I have to yes, say. Yes, yeah. Mr. President, thank you so much for talking to us. I, I really appreciate it. Great stuff there from Glenn Beck and the president. Um and he touched on something that we've talked about and we've talked about and we've talked about and we've talked about. It's a uh, civil suit. It's huge, uh, but it's a civil suit. It's not criminal. So these guys might be on the hook for some money and maybe an admission. But again, it's like Beck said, you know, nothing happens to anybody anymore. Nothing happens to anyone. There's no consequences. And it raises another question that I was talking with my friend Gary Benford. He was a guest on the Tuesday night show. And he was having a conversation with John Guandolo from Understanding the Threat. And Guandolo made the statement that when the truth comes out on this, on all these things... Uh, you know the the murder of Phil Haney. This this thing with uh, you know the Russia hoax with Hunter Biden's laptop with all these different massive corruption scandals that 
the media whitewashes and looks the other way on and and you know we have to wait until there's definitive proof and there's always definitive proof it always comes out what's going to happen will we as a country when all this stuff comes out and we find out just exactly who is who will we have the stones as a nation as a people to do what must be done to to meet out the punishments that fit these particular crimes and if it's lengthy prison sentences for someone who uh, was high in authority so be it if it is 13 steps and a rope so be it i mean these are the things that have to be done and we have to have that societal will and i wonder if we do because in stuff like this with 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 things as terrible as this with corruption at this scale uh and treason and sedition the maximum penalties you know surely have to qualify for some of these people and do we have what it takes to let that to let that happen i don't know I like to think that we still do, but it calls for a level of, of hardness, I won't say savagery, but of hardness that I don't know we're possessed of anymore. I guess we'll find out. Last week, the New York Times came out and said, when we're going to touch on this, we don't have time now because we've only got a couple of minutes and I have to wrap everything up. And again, this is another example. It's all, you know, it was all true. The Hunter, the Hunter Biden laptop was all true. All those people, you know, they say, I don't worry about it. It's Russian disinformation. It's you can't believe this and all these different things that it's not it's not accurate. It's a hoax. It's not a hoax. It was real. It's very real. And again, what was her name? Miranda Devine. See, I remembered it now. Uh, Miranda Devine wrote the book Laptop from Hell. Go check it out. And not that it needed re-corroborating, as I said earlier, but it does. It just shines more light on the truth that we have all suspected. That's all it does. That's all it does. But what do we do? What's going to happen to Hunter Biden? What's going to happen to Joe Biden? What's going to happen to Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton? And the money that they got from the Clinton Global Initiative and the Bill Hillary and Chelsea Clinton Foundations. What's going to, what's going to, what's going to happen to Joe Biden? What's going to happen to Mitch McConnell? You know, everybody talks like Mitch McConnell's this stalwart conservative there in the Senate saving us from liberal doom. He's probably made more money off the Chinese. Uh, through his father-in-law than Joe Biden could have imagined. Mitch McConnell's father-in-law runs the the China, the government-controlled or government-owned China Shipbuilding Corporation. Money, 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 money. Sweet commie cash, and it's all over the place, and all these guys are taking it. And what are we going to do when we find out about all these guys? Democrat or Republican? We know what we have to do. The question is, collectively, as a nation, will we? Do we have what it takes? Do we have that spine 
to do it. That's all the time we got, and those are questions that we can ponder till next week. Uh, I want to thank you guys. ACP heard here Sundays, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. We do it live during the week. I'm in the middle of some classes right now for a teaching certification that I got to get, and so it's kind of hit and miss on the live stuff, but we do it Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Blog Talk Radio, Patriot Nation uh, Radio at blogtalkradio.com. That's all the time we got. Folks, I got to get out of here. Thanks for the opportunity to hang with you and do what we do and talk about the things we do. We will be back next Sunday taking a look at things as we do through a conservative perspective. In the meantime, God bless you. God bless the United States of America and take good care of yourselves. We'll see you next week. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5-0.